Thanks a lot, Bridge Church. Wow. And my daughter was in there today, so that's made it even a little more special. You know, I'm so glad to continue this series on Faith Moves Our Decisions. Man, it seems like we're always having decisions, no matter what phase of life we're in, that affect our lives. And isn't it great to know that God wants to help us in every decision that we make? And so I want you to sit back and I want you to listen, get your notepads out. I want you to get ready to follow with me on the journey of the Israelites. And if there was ever a, a group of people that had to make a lot of decisions, man, they had to make decisions. So let's go to our theme verse. I'm only using part of our theme verse this week. It comes from Proverbs chapter three, verse number six. And I'm gonna use the message version today. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go, he's the one that will keep you on track. Egypt. That's point number one from last week. And, you know, we, we got into the subject of getting out of our Egypts. And we basically told the people that everyone has an Egypt. And I suggested that there were two ways to get into Egypt. The first way is through the bondage of sin. The Bible says all have sinned, everyone. And some of us have chosen to accept God's grace and his mercy, and we've gotten out of that Egypt. Others are still wandering around saying, wow, I'm still enslaved. I'm still in bondage. And, and, and I'm telling you, God is the only person that could set you free. So that was the first part of the Egypts. The second part was all Egypts is not about the sin. Sometimes it's about bad decisions. Anybody ever made a bad decision? Last week in the house, everybody raised their hand. Everybody's made a bad decision. Sometimes it's on a selfish decision or something we overreacted to. Sometimes it's a simple mistake that leads into a bigger mistake. Sometimes it's in a bad relationship. But so it's not just sin, it's mistakes. It's going in the wrong direction. And that leads us and keeps us in our Egypts. And, and it's sometimes it feels like, and I spent a lot of time on this, that that enslaved to sin, that bondage, that captivity feels like it's 400 years. That's how long the Israelite nation stayed in that um, Egypt, their Egypt. And sometimes you may be thinking, man, this seems like it's 400 years. But I want you to know that we talked extensively last week on how to, how to, see that God is ready to take care of you. So whether your Egypt is a flood of despair or the furnaces seem like they're going to burn you up or you feel like you're about to drown or the lions are about to eat you, the bad influences around you are about to destroy you or the giants are about 
to kill you. God always provides a Moses to get you out of Egypt. So if you didn't listen to last week, I want to encourage you, go back, because it's the basis for this series that I'm preaching. And so you got to know on the Egypt in order to get to the Exodus. So that's our, where we are this week. And, and I want you to know our Exodus leads us to more decisions. So our title for the series is Faith Moves Our Decisions. So if in our Egypt's, we got to make the decision to exit, the exit or the exodus, it's still in our hearts, in our spirits, and in the process makes us make more decisions. The first decision they faced was the Red Sea. Here's Pharaoh's army marching after them. They wanted to get them back and they come up to the Red Sea. And a million people had to make a decision. The leader decided, we're going over. The leaders around him decided, we're going over. But a million people that day had to decide they're going through the Red Sea. That took a lot of courage. That, that took a lot of uh, saying, okay, I'm following. Uh, I'm going. Those guys are going first, but I'm still going. Not one of them, the Bible says, turned around and went back. They all crossed over. Now, it's amazing to me that that was the beginning of a whole lot of decisions. The exodus out of Egypt led to years of wandering around in a wilderness. Years of complaining. Years of arguing. But watching God come through for them many times and God providing for them many times. You know, can you remember in the Bible, the, the story that they ran out of food and God decided I'm going to send manna, a heavenly food that nourished them day after day after day after day. And, and it was amazing that God worked that all out so that they were well nourished. God always takes care of his children. How about the time they ran out of water? And a, God opened a rock and provided water for an entire nation, over a million people. That's a lot of water. But God never sees the situation as the end. He always sees that as another stepping stone for something good to happen in his people's lives. See, God didn't say that your exodus was going to be easy. He did say that he would never leave you nor forsake you. I'm so glad that my God is not giving up on me. And so when you look at it from that perspective, you know, your exodus in this story, in the account of the Israel nation, it took 40 years. So I wanted to fast forward the entire book of Exodus. And I wanted to get to the very beginning of Deuteronomy. So you say, why'd you fast forward? What's our Exodus? Well, I want to recap what God gave in the book of Deuteronomy. It says, 
Moses goes to the people and he, and he himself kind of recaps what happened in the last 40 years. He doesn't start at the Red Sea. He starts at Mount Horeb, or we call it today Mount Sinai, where the Israelite nation began hearing from God the covenant he was making. Wow, what a way to start. So he's going to, Moses is going to recap the last 40 years. And he starts by saying, hey, do you remember what happened on Mount Horeb? That's where the Ten Commandments were given. Wow. That's where the promises of God were given. And I, I want you to know, he gave them the Ten Commandments so that they could learn how to live holy lives. He didn't just give them the Ten Commandments for something else. This is how they're going to live the holy life. That wasn't just for that group of people. That's for all groups of people. And we'll come back to that in just a little while. Moses was telling the history book. He was doing kind of the development of the nation of Israel. He's kind of saying, this is where you were 40 years later. This is where you are today. See, in verse number two, that was Deuteronomy chapter one, verse number one. In verse number two, it, it says that in 40 years in the wilderness, it should have taken 11 days. Wow. Are you kidding, Pastor? They spent 40 years wandering around with all that stuff you just told us and a whole lot more that I didn't tell you. And they could have made the journey to the promised land, their inheritance in 11. Yep, I'm telling you. See, he was trying to remind them. This is what happened in 40 years. I want to remind you of the rebellion. I want to remind you of the shortcomings. I want to remind you of the murmuring. I want to remind you of the grumbling. I want to remind you how that you decided at a little season of time in there to start worshiping some other gods. I just want to re remind you what happened in this wilderness experience. Because you're thinking that, man, they should have just ran through and then they wouldn't have had all that. See, God didn't want this situation to turn out like this. He didn't want them to take 40 years in the wilderness, but he had a plan he, and he was wanting to go with the plan, but they went through some times in their lives that they weren't making good choices. And sometimes they didn't listen to their leaders. And sometimes they went off on their own. And it's amazing how that for 40 years, if you read the book of Exodus, you will find out there were some good days and they were not so good days. There were some good choices and not so good choices. There were some good decisions and not so good decisions. It, it's a journey of life. But it was amazing how that Moses was able to tell them the consequences for their decisions. And he was kind of saying, look, guys, I don't want you to repeat this. He was kind of speaking to the next generation. 
He was kind of saying the uh, foreknowledge of something that was about to happen. But he was trying to give them the recap of this is what has happened in the Exodus. There's going to be trouble. There's going to be tribulation. There's going to be difficulties. And again, I repeat, God didn't say there wasn't going to be trouble. He didn't say there wasn't going to be difficulties. What he did say is, I'll be with you every day. I'll be with you in the morning. I'll be with you at noontime. I'll be with you in the evening. But you got to trust me. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct your paths. Or the passion, make your path straight. Think about it. I need God on my side. Not just in the Egypts. I need him in the Exodus. If he can get me out of my Egypt, he's going to take me to somewhere else. He's not going to leave me. He didn't leave me in my, my Egypt. He's not going to just leave me in my Exodus. He didn't decide, okay, I'm just going to leave him in the middle of the Red Sea. No, 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 no. He didn't decide that. He knew that someday he wanted to get them to the promised land, what he promised that they would inherit. See, God wanted the new generation to understand the eternal. I'm telling you in advance, you don't want to miss next week. Because there's always the ending. If there's a beginning and there's a middle, there's an ending. And, and too many of us just dwell either in our Egypts or we are stuck in our Exodus. But I want you to know there's more to the story. It's the promised land. It's another term for the eternal. You see, my friend, if the Israelite nation would have breezed through the wilderness in 11 days, they would have never gotten the 10 commandments. Think about it. God wouldn't have given it to them. Then how would they have lived in the inheritance? I mean, how would they have survived? They didn't have any direction. Remember, God would direct. So he decided, I'm going to give you the Ten Commandments to keep you holy. To know what you shouldn't do. For the sins that you shouldn't commit. This is how I'm going to get you through to the promised land. See, in order to make good decisions, you must have good directions. I'm going to say that again. In order to make good decisions, you must have good directions. See, I'm going to repeat that message version of that directive for, the, for our month. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go, he's the one that will keep you on track. You must be asking right now, Pastor, why 40 years? Well, let me tell you. Right out of the Red Sea, if they would have gone straight to the spot that they, God took them into 40 years later, if they would have made a straight line, the very first thing they would have encountered was the entire Philistine nation, the giants. 
They were not battle tested yet. The Israelites had been in slavery for 400 years. They had not formed their army yet. They had not prepared the way to fight battles. They weren't there. They were slaves. They had learned how to make bricks. Now they were, if they would have went straight, the first people they would have gone through, they would have had to go through their land was the Philistine nation. Now we know in the history that the Philistines were never good to the Israelites. They were always trying to defeat them. And so I want you to know, God said, no, 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 no. You ain't ready for the Philistines. You're going to have to be through some battles. There's going to be have to come some difficulties that you're going to face. And when you have faced them, I'm going to tell you, you're going to come out of that situation victorious. You're going to know how to take the sword. And you're going to have, know how to take the shield. And you're going to know how to take the helmet. And you're going to know how to put the on your feet so that you can be prepared for what's going to happen. The battle is the Lord. And the Lord is with you. And He will fight with you. So I want you to know, you may be in the Exodus process for a a little bit too long and you say man I've been here forever but I want you to know God is getting you battle tested so that you can fight this fight and the enemy of your soul can be defeated he is not going to win I know the end I know the end of the story and I'm telling you God wins in the end you win in the end if you decide if you decide to let him help you make the right decisions. Make the right decisions. See, if you do, it's going to lead you to the eternal. Yeah, it's the promised land. And I'm telling you again, you don't want to miss. God has poured it into my heart a, a few weeks ago how this was going to end. And, and, and I, I'm ready for it. You can't have it this week. You got to come back next week. And you're going to hear how that through the Exodus process and jumping into the promised land, it didn't mean there wasn't going to be any more battles. It didn't mean there wasn't going to be any more difficulties. Man, the first thing they had to face was the Jericho. I mean, the walls. Think about it. So when you think, well, I'm just going to stay here for a little while. It's kind of like the disciples, they say, hey, we're good here, God. Let's build the three tabernacles right here on the Mount of Transfiguration, right here where your holy is, holiness is, right here where your glory has showed up. And you may find yourself in those spots in your life, those seasons in your life where it has been good and God has showed up. And you say, well, let's just stay here. No, 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 no. That's not what God wanted. He's wanting to get you through to the promised land. He's wanting to get you through so that you can inherit all that God has for you. You may be saying today, you find yourself wandering around the wilderness. It seems like a wilderness to you. And you say, I want to move forward, Pastor. What do I do? I want to give you three things. First thing I want you to do is you want to really get through the journey. Don't think that it's just going to be over overnight. But God's going to protect you. God's going to prepare you. Get that down. He's going to protect you and he's going to prepare you. 
And how's he going to do that? I'm suggesting, number one, get more of God in your life. Quit trying to do this living by yourself. Get God. Read more book, the Bible. Get more prayer time in your life. Get yourself stronger in God. See, the Bible says no weapon formed against you can prosper. But the only way that it's not going to prosper is if you're prepared for battle. So get battle ready. Get battle ready. Get battle ready. And then in the midst of the battle, you'll find out that God always comes through. Number two, I want you to obey the direction that God is giving you. He's telling you what to do. He's trying to help you stay on the straight path. Yeah, that path is straight. He doesn't want you to go wandering around because if you get off to the left or off to the right, there's going to be some bigger trouble. So obey what God is saying. You say, well, man, pastor, if I go there, it's going to be hard. Listen, God is going before you. He is going to fight with you. And I'm telling you, if you'll trust God in the midst of your exodus, you will understand that the inheritance is about to happen. I'm just telling you, I want the inheritance that God has for me. I want the blessings that God has for me. I want the abundant living. I want all of it. I want everything God has. I want it in my life. See, faith moves my decisions. I have decided. That was number two. Number three is bring others with you. Don't keep this to yourself. Say, pastor, they may not understand. It's not for them to understand it like they're going to click. God is going to help even in that process. He's going to illuminate it to their minds. You just get to be his mouthpiece, just like I am to you today. So wherever you're watching, wherever in the world, whatever time you are watching, I am God's mouthpiece for you today to tell you that you can trust almighty God. And if he can bring the entire nation of Israel out of Egypt through the wilderness and put them in the promised land, I'm telling you, he can take care of you. He can take care of me. So I don't know what you're going through today, but all I know is this. God's got this. He can handle your situation. So you may be saying, man, pastor, it seems like it's been forever. I'm telling you today, my friend, give it to God. Trust in God and watch him direct your paths. If you need a decision today and you say, pastor, I'm ready. I'm ready for God to speak. Open up your ears and let God speak. I'm going to pray in just a moment. And I'm going to pray God specifically talks to you about what you need to be doing and the direction you need to be going. You may be saying, Pastor, I don't have Jesus in my life today. How can I make that decision? I'm going to say a prayer with you first because I want God into your life. Because if God's in your life, then He can help. If He's not in your life, He can't help you. 
You're tying God's hands. So if you've never invited Christ in, invite Him in today. If He's in, I'm telling you, my second prayer today is going to help you know how to allow God and God's going to direct your life. So that first prayer, say this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life from this day forward for the rest of my life. I will live for you. The things I was doing that were sin, I will stop doing. Because I know you just answered my prayer. And I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Second prayer, because I believe there's a lot of you that have listened all over the world today. You say, Pastor, I feel like I'm in the wilderness, that I've almost been abandoned. I want you to know, the Bible said in David, David, one of the guys in the biblical accounts that probably made more mistakes than anybody. He said later on in his life, I have never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. See, you may need bread. What do you mean, Pastor? You may not have a job, may be going through a very difficult time financially in your life. God's not forsaken you. The windows of heaven are about to be open and the blessings are about to come down. I've never seen the righteous. You may be weary in well-doing and, and this pandemic has locked you down and, and the, the face masks and the rules and the guidelines have set you to, to the edge. You say, man, how am I going to keep going? Let God help you. So Lord, today, for my friends all over the world that are watching this prayer and they're listening, Lord, I pray that they will allow you to heal their broken heart, that they will allow you to provide for them, that they will seek your face, that they will turn from the direction they were going and they say, Lord, I'm going to follow close to you. I'm going to hold on to you because I know, I know that you're going to take me to where I need to go. So, Lord, for those that seem discouraged today, God, lift their hearts. Those that seem to be sinking in the, in the, the sand of life and they don't figure out how they're going to get out. Lord, throw in the rope and let them come out. Bring people alongside of them to encourage and to bless them. God, for those that are struggling with provision, God, meet their need, I pray in Jesus' name. Those are struggling today, oh Lord, with emotional issues that are going on. God, be the glory and the lifter of their head. Lift up their spirit. Lift up their countenance. God, let them see that you will show up for them. Lord, I pray that blessings will come upon them and you will take care of your children. So Lord, we commit these things to you today. God, we trust you. And God, we want to obey you. So Lord, we're going to make promises to you today that we will read more and that we will pray more so that we can be encouraged day by day. Lord, I just pray for that person that may have been listening to this and said, man, I'm at my wit's end. How am I going to get out? 
God, I pray that they'll have the courage to send us a note so that they know there's at least one person on this planet that's going to stand in the gap with them and they are going to pray with them. Lord, I pray you give them the courage to do that. In Jesus' name, bless these people, I pray. Amen. So maybe you've listened today and say, Pastor, man, thanks so much for that word. I want you to know that God really does have a plan for your life. He wants to direct you. He wants to help you. Maybe you didn't, haven't listened to last week and you say, I didn't, I've never even heard of you before. There's going to be information that's scrolling there that's going to help, help you connect with us. My name's Rick Pasquale, and I pastor the Great Church in Rome, Italy, International Christian Fellowship of Rome. And, and we want you, because we have campuses all over the world, we want you to know you're not by yourself. You're not alone. We've got people that want to come alongside and help. So that information that you'll see scrolling there, I want you to take advantage of that. I want you to send us a note. Say, hey, you don't have to give me the whole story. You can just say, hey, I need some prayer. And, 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 and I'll promise you that we will pray for you. And we will lift you up. And we'll send you back some words of encouragement to help you. Those of you that are one of our individuals that watch us every week and you're part of our online ministry, God bless you for being faithful. I want you to know the Rome Church is thriving and it's just amazing how many people are coming to our campus in Rome and with our limited seating because of the, the, the social distancing guidelines and all the government rules we have to adhere to in Rome. Uh, you know, it's amazing when I get to talk to you around the world and, and I have no guideline right now, I can say, go! But in Rome, we've got some rules. I want you to know the, the, the mothership there in Rome is doing well. And, and I got a lot of people that love you and believe in you and uh, are, are praying with you and for you. So thanks for joining us today. There'll also be some information there on how to connect with us, some Bible studies and other ministry groups that you can uh, align yourself with. There's also some things up for the children and there's things for the youth. You can, you can just log in to our to our uh, websites and figure out all that out. It's, it's real easy. And, and those of you that are faithful attenders, there's opportunity for you to continue in your faithfulness and your giving. Man, don't shortchange God. This is God's work. Send those tithes and offerings in and, and watch the work of God continue to flourish. God is for us. So let me bless you as we exit today. Lord, bless these people, I pray. Meet every need of their life, their spiritual needs and their physical needs. God, bless their families. God, I pray this be a great week for them. I pray blessings upon them in the name of the Father, name of the Son, and name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you, church. See you next week.